It's a Tuesday edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. Welcome and thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. Taylor Charleston will be in with a feature report, and I'll have a look at regional and national agricultural news beginning with regional ag news right after this word from our sponsor. This segment is sponsored by Bee Hero, the leading almond pollination provider. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP Sales at 559-467-9699. Be hero, superior bees, superior pollination. California Department of Food and Agriculture Secretary Karen Ross joined former CDFA and USDA Secretary Ann Veneman for a circular bioeconomy roundtable discussion with local government, civic, and academic leaders at Modesto Junior College, as well as other activities. The discussion focused on the Stanislaus 2030 investment blueprint and a northern San Joaquin Valley bioeconomy, agriculture, and manufacturing initiative. By definition, a circular bioeconomy utilizes renewable resources that are sustainably managed, recovered, and reused as much as possible. In agriculture, that includes converting organic byproducts from crops, food, and beverage processing to products for commodity inputs, soil amendments, renewable energy, and other potentially useful bioproducts that create value. At the meeting, the Almond Board of California presented an overview of its almond byproduct research and the development and exploration of market opportunities. The discussion was followed by bioeconomy site visits to a biofuel production facility and a site visit to a dairy digester project funded by a CDFA grant. The renewable natural gas generated at the dairy goes into a pipeline at the biofuel production site for treatment and distribution by a utility company. The secretaries also learned more about almond holding and shelling operations that create reliable sources of biomass as a key driver of the region's bioeconomy initiative. This is exactly what we need for the future, according to Secretary Ross. She says this is about solving problems and finding productive solutions for our renewable resources and about creating sustainable, community-inclusive economic growth and jobs support families in the rural communities of the Central Valley. Skyrocketing production costs, especially for organic feed, have pummeled organic dairies for the past two years, forcing some to sell their cows and leave the business. But California's organic dairies are beginning to see a glimmer of relief. Last month, the U.S. Department of Agriculture offered up to $10 million in financial aid through a newly created organic dairy marketing assistance program. The funds are expected to be released in the late spring or summer. They will target small to medium-sized organic dairies. Farmers in the Sacramento Valley and beyond turned out for the February 7th through the 9th Calusa Farm Show to check out agricultural equipment and technology to boost farming outcomes in future crop years. The event celebrated farming in a hard-hit region. Last year, more than half of California's rice fields, particularly in Calusa County and the Sacramento Valley, were fallowed due to drought. Speaking at the Farm Show's annual breakfast, California Farm Bureau President Jamie Johansson called for state action on infrastructure to address future water needs. Average annual water supplies for the San Joaquin Valley could decline by 20% by the year 2040, with shortfalls largely driven by mandates of California's 2014 Sustainable Groundwater Management Act. That's according to a new report from the Public Policy Institute of California. The Institute's policy brief said America's most bountiful farming region faces a future with less water for irrigation. It said nearly 900,000 acres of farmland could be followed and almost 50,000 jobs lost without new water system investments and water trading programs. 
And the U.S. will continue to impose countervailing duties on imports of Spanish ripe olives after it lowered rates of tariffs to satisfy findings by a World Trade Organization dispute settlement panel. California table olive growers have praised the move. Elizabeth Carranza, Director of Trade and Technical Affairs for the Olive Growers Council of California, said she was pleased that the U.S. Trade Representative and the government decided to continue to uphold these safeguards, which have made a huge impact for the table olive industry in California. The World Ag Expo recently took place in Tulare, California. Improved crop insurance, expanded research funding, and increased market access were among the many asks during the Farm Bill listening session that was held during that event. President of California Farm Bureau Jamie Johansson asked members of Congress to create new crop insurance options and expand existing programs. He says less than a quarter of our 400 commodities are covered by existing crop insurance programs. In order to recover from significant losses, our producers have often had to rely on significant delayed ad hoc federal funding. Aubrey Bentoncourt is the CEO of the Almond Alliance of California and says this has become the most expensive year in farming. She says the reality is the cost of farming all across the United States has gone up and we need our programs to proportionately allow for access. Glenda Humiston with the University of California testified on the need for more research investments and improved facilities, saying studies have found there are more than $11 billion in deferred maintenance costs. This puts the U.S. at a huge disadvantage as we conduct research to find solutions on what we're dealing with, she said. Here in California, that is critically important. We receive on average a new pest in the state every five weeks, and she says it's really frightening. Others call for loan limits to be raised, improved program delivery, and more. The listening session was hosted by U.S. House Ag Committee Chair Glenn G.T. Thompson. A new project expects to become the first to operate a zero-emission electric propulsion short-route ferry in California starting in 2024. In addition to demonstrating the potential for converting existing vessels to electric propulsion, the project is in line with California's tough new emission regulations that begin phasing in this year and include not only large commercial ships in port, but also harbor craft and other small vessels ranging from tugs to ferries and fishing boats. The vessel in this project is the 64 foot tourist craft, the Angel Island, operating in San Francisco Bay. The vessel, which is the largest in the Angel Island Tiburon Ferry Company fleet, can carry up to 400 passengers. The vessel operates regular service from the city of Tiburon on the bay to Angel Island. It is also available for charters and runs sunset tourist cruises on the bay. California's Pacific Gas and Electric Company is partnering in a project to bolster electricity transmission to the ferry terminal and support the installation of charging infrastructure. The electric project also represents an important milestone for PG&E's electric vehicle fleet program, expanding the program support of transportation electrification to include the marine sector. Soil and Crop Incorporated is your number one resource for sustainable nutrition. Growers are faced with difficult challenges, and Soil and Crop Inc. has the experience, fertilizer, and biological portfolio to dramatically increase yield and performance in your troubled orchards and fields. Contact Soil and Crop Incorporated today for a free consultation on how we can help reverse the challenges you face as a conventional or organic grower so you can increase your bottom line and become a better sustainable farmer. Contact us today at 559-564-1236 or visit our website at www.callnrg.com. Soil and Crop, putting nature to work for you. 
The day is getting closer for this year's California Citrus Showcase on March 9th, and we have another aspect of the showcase to highlight today, this time hearing from the showcase's luncheon speaker, Greg Dowd. Dowd will bring a valuable global citrus market perspective to attendees at the showcase. Prior to joining Aimpoint Research as its Vice President of Global Situational Awareness and Chief Economist, Dowd served in the Office of the United States Trade Representative as Chief Agricultural Negotiator with the rank of U.S. Ambassador. He was one of the primary architects of the U.S.-China Phase 1 trade agreement. I spent uh, three years uh, as uh, President Trump's uh, chief ag negotiator, one of the deputies under Robert Lighthizer. And, and during that time, uh, what we did was pretty historic. Uh, we re renegotiated uh, NAFTA. We call it USMCA now with Canada and Mexico. Uh, it was a year of my life, uh, 2019, 33 negotiating sessions with the Chinese, uh, where we negotiated the biggest piece in, in terms of pages of the China Phase one trade agreement was with regard to agriculture, and I think we made some enormous progress there with China. Uh, although there's a lot of other geopolitical things that we need to talk about there, and we're going to get into. And then, of course, uh, I think a uh, really important uh, deal, maybe one of the best trade deals of all time for U.S. agriculture, even though nobody ever talks about it, and that's the deal we did with Japan and uh, getting our uh, TPP access uh, nailed down there, even though uh, TPP is no longer a thing. And we have to kind of remind folks that neither political party uh, was going to sign off on TPP. And, and so some of the things we're going to talk about is we're going to do a lap around the world, talk about geopolitics and ag trade and China and Russia, Ukraine and European issues and, and uh, some stuff going on uh, here in the Western Hemisphere as well. So we'll kind of do a lap around and talk about what's going on. We'll talk about a little bit about the future of trade policy, and we'll talk a little bit about global economics and, and the fact that uh, uh, we, we've got some real challenges, uh, at least from a lot of macroeconomic issues, maybe more uh, than I've ever seen before. You know, I've been doing this for 30 years. I'm a Kansas farm boy, uh, K-Stater, uh, but I always tell people, Taylor, I've been in D.C. for 30 years, which means I'm of absolute value to anyone in the outside world any longer. I get that. Uh, but uh, we, uh, in agriculture, uh, trade is an enormous piece of the puzzle in what we do. And uh, there are a lot of things to talk about. And it's going to be uh, a blast to kind of uh, go through all those things with everybody and, and answer your questions. There's speculation that the United States will experience economic recession in 2023, and Dowd said he'd address this as the impact on agriculture could be substantial. What you're going to see is that the U.S. economy is actually doing pretty well, uh, but the rest of the world is really struggling. And uh, the point I'm going to make is uh, that a lot of people are making is, you know, is it just a matter of time before the U.S. gets sucked into this global vortex? in terms of global economic activity. And so I think, I think this is a really important thing for us in terms of understanding demand for our products overseas. Uh, a lot of these uh, countries in the bottom half of the economic spectrum of the world are, are really struggling. And uh, China is struggling. Uh, Europe is struggling. Uh, the World Bank has European growth at 0.0% this year. Uh, that is not a recipe for good things for anybody else in the world, including the United States. One question that looms in the face of all agricultural producers, including those in the citrus industry, 
is whether or not current trade agreements poise the industry for future global success. Dowd said this is something that comes up a lot for him. I have that conversation with uh, somebody in agriculture at least once or twice a week in terms of, you know, what's the plan going forward. And, and the answer is right now, unfortunately, we don't have trade promotion authority. We're not going to do any big trade bills, but that doesn't mean there isn't a lot of different things that we can do in terms of sanitary and phytosanitary issues. And in particular, getting other countries uh, to get better with regard to the adoption of technology, whether that's biotechnology or, uh, you know, drones or, you know, autonomous vehicles or whatever it is. There are enormous changing changes coming from the U.S. in agriculture. And, uh, you know, we have to have a conversation with all of our trading partners around the world with regard to that. You know, we need everybody needs to keep up with this uh, so we can keep attracting that investment in technology so those companies can get a return on investment. And if they don't, they're going to go somewhere else. So that, that's part of the equation as well. Dowd will be speaking during the industry lunch at 12 p.m. during the showcase, which again is on March 9th coming up here at the Visalia Convention Center in Visalia, California. He noted that there will also be a conversation on the waterfront, so make sure not to miss valuable information there. We encourage prospective attendees to pre-register today before the show as it makes things easier when you arrive in Visalia. Link to pre-register is in the description of this episode. For My Ag Life, I'm Taylor Charlstrom. This segment was sponsored by Polymer Ag, makers of Anti-Stress 550, the climate stress solution. Find out more at polymerag.com. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bee's pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be Hero, Superior Bees, Superior Pollination. As discussions continue on putting together the next Farm Bill, the Organic Trade Association recently held a press conference on its priorities for the new legislation. Tom Chapman, Chief Executive Officer of the Organic Trade Association, says they are looking forward to working together on a bill that will be a win for organic. We're really excited to get working with our members, our coalition partners, and with Congress to really get another win for organic to make sure that we're seeing the response of organic standards to thriving American farmers and really making sure that we're bolstering those supply chains to be resilient in the face of all the issues that have come up over the last few years. Adam Wortheson, the Community Relations Committee Chair and a member of the OTA Board of Directors, says organic has great support from both consumers and public officials. One of the things I've realized in organic is we have consumers on both sides of the aisle. 
we have businesses on both sides of the aisle, and it ends up that we have members of Congress on both sides of the aisle that support the industry. And if you think about the organic caucus in the House, we have Shelley Pingree from Maine as one of the co-chairs, and the other co-chair is Representative Newhouse from Washington. So we even have like a geographical spread that's really powerful, I think. And we have seen within the committee structure an understanding that organic is a part of the larger agriculture industry and want to be able to support that choice for American farmers and businesses and consumers. Even with broad bipartisan support, he says the budget will likely be tight on this farm bill and will require a lot of work to make sure the OTA priorities are funded. We're going to have to grow champions just like everybody else is doing in the farm bill and trying to find folks to lift marker bills and put them forward, to work with committee staff to roll them into the markup. And the question around resources, I mean, there are some mandatory asks we have, like on OREI, building the research dollars, but that seems to have usually broad support. And then some of the other programs like strengthening sort of the NLP's hand with additional resources, those are typically an authorization and then those are anchored in one through appropriations. For more information, go to OTA.com. The Consumer Price Index rose half a percent in January on a seasonally adjusted basis after increasing 0.1 percent in December, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Over the last 12 months, the All Items Index increased 6.4 percent before seasonal adjustment. The Food Index reached half a percent in January, and a Food at Home Index rose 0.4 percent over the month. For the six major grocery store food group indexes increased over the month. The index for the other food at home rose 0.7% in January. The index for meats, poultry, fish, and eggs increased 0.7% over the month, as the index for eggs rose 8.5%. The index for cereals and bakery products rose 1% over the month, while the index for non-alcoholic beverages increased 0.4% in January. In contrast, the fruits and vegetables index fell half a percent over the month, with the fresh vegetables index declining 2.3%. The index for dairy and related products was unchanged in January. U.S. ag tractor sales finished January 2023 in a negative, while all segments of ag equipment grew in Canada, according to the latest data from the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Total U.S. ag tractor unit sales fell for January in all segments except one, with 100% horsepower two-wheel drive tractors growing 22.8%. U.S. combine sales, however, continued its growth streak, climbing 132.7% year-over-year. In Canada, combine harvesters led sales again, up 1796 moving 137 units in January. Overall, unit sales and tractors finished the month up 7%. The Department of Agriculture has announced former Vice President Al Gore as the opening keynote speaker for the Agriculture Innovation Mission for Climate Summit. The AIM for Climate Summit is scheduled for May 8th through the 10th in Washington, D.C., USDA says the summit will bring together partners to increase and accelerate investment in and support for climate-smart agriculture and food systems innovation. While dairy trade forecasts were mixed, production of prices for February mostly pointed in the same direction. USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain. Given weaker returns going forward, along with a few other factors, we reduced our milk production forecast by 900,000 pounds this month. Yet dairy production year over year is still forecasted up, according to USDA World Agricultural Outlook Board Chair Mark Jekodowski. 
secondary trade projections include lower exports and increased imports. Fat bases imports, we raised 100 million pounds this month, mainly reflecting imports of cheese. Exports we reduced, also reflecting lower U.S. exports of cheese and uh, some various fluid and dry products. On a skim solids basis, we reduced our export forecast 400 million pounds. USDA, meanwhile, adjusted all milk product and class prices lower from the previous month, with butter price the lone exception. The all milk price is now $20.70 a hundredweight, down 70 cents from last month. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.